Okay, so uh, we're back in the tent. Tina, I, I threw together a bit of a theme song thing. Um, not a theme song, but an intro thing. Oh, cool. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, let's, okay. let's go for it. Get ready. It's coming at you right now. What do you think? Do you like it? How did you make it an electric guitar? Okay, everybody, we're back. We're back here, episode two. We are in our tent in our uh, our home office, which is really just a bedroom. Um, but it's now it's an office. We can choose which rooms are bedrooms. And then we put a tent in it. There's a tent in here. Um, okay, so it is. It's episode two. Okay, so our, our first conversation that you heard with us on the Great Indoors COVID 2020 uh, podcast featured a guy named Jeremy Allen. Jeremy Allen is from Guelph. He's a teacher, and um, yeah, he's he's getting through this thing, and so are we. And this is one of the ways we're doing it. We've also uh, so some news for the show. We've hired a producer, and I'm just going to bring our producer in now to talk to you for about five minutes about uh, all the big things that are coming. Hello. I'm the producer of this podcast. Uh, I don't think I have five minutes of content, but um, I think we're going to use this podcast just as a a check-in for this whole global pandemic. Um, Something for us to kind of stay connected with others, um, even though we are physically distant um, figuring out kind of, you know, what people are doing to cope during the, the COVID-19 crisis. Yep. Um, figuring out, you know, talking to, we're hoping to have some kind of like experts, experts on the podcast to talk to us about strategies, uh, for maybe dealing with being at home all the time. Um, and some, some challenges that we face. Um, but then, you know, we're just going to see how it goes. Are we going to have any fun? Oh, we're going to have so much fun. Oh, good. And after talking with Jeremy um, on the last episode, he talked about, you know, going for a hike every day, kind of getting outside and uh, getting some exercise. And yep. so uh, then we decided, you know, it might be fun to go on a long hike. So... What yeah, we, we went on we a do? walk. We uh, yesterday we said, "Hey, how about a walk?" And we ended up going 15 kilometers with our dog, um, and that was hard for the dog. That was also kind of challenging for us. But one thing that was really nice was that we got out of town. We got actually and crossed the boundary into another town called Kingsville, and um, Kingsville is the southernmost town in Canada, as they say, and. Uh, there is uh, kind of there's a trail there that takes you up into a meadow on top of a hill, and we live in a very flat area, so getting up on a hill was interesting. Um, super windy, gotta say, very windy. And we found a valley and took shelter in the valley, drank some wine, uh, chatted, hung out, had a snack, lazed around in a camping chairs for a little bit, and then got back on the road to walk home. Um, but Jeremy, let's just give Jeremy a shout out for that suggestion for taking walks because, uh, we did it. We took a walk as a day to cope with, um, the pandemic of 2020. What else did we do? Ooh, 
recently. What have you been doing? Oh, uh, I've been doing a lot of cooking slash baking. Um, trying to be creative with uh, coming up with new meal solutions because cooking dinner that many nights in a row is... Whew, I'm glad you made dinner tonight because I did not want to have to cook. Um, I'm on my second book so far. In like four days. Uh, yeah. What was the first book you read? Oh, man, I'm drawing a blank. The first book I read was um, The Wild Oats Project. Um, By who? Robin. Don't remember her last name. Ooh. She's going to be mad yeah. when she hears this. I think it's like Giobaldi or something. Giobaldi. Giobaldi. It okay. is Giobaldi. There we go. Robin Giobaldi. Um, it was your sister, I think, gave it to me at Christmas and suggested I read it. And uh, it was. It did not end how I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was about a woman who was married for a long time and and kind of came to the conclusion with herself that she had missed out on sowing her wild oats and gaining experience from life in different ways. So she had permission from her partner to go out and experience life in a different way. Whoa. Lots of twists and turns, and the story did not end how I expected. Uh, But yeah. And now I'm on a another book that's called don't remember a girl girl in the woods a girl in the woods you okay. gotta lock this in Tina I know so many things you are. have to know what you're talking about I think it's girl in the woods by um, Aspen. Aspen don't remember her last Tina name. <laughs> Tina I need to have I'll make okay I'll make notes and be more prepared next time okay um yeah, I'll talk about it next time because I only just started it. Okay. Um, we do have a guest for today, and we're just waiting a few more minutes. Uh, just checking. Uh, yeah, we have a few more minutes before we can get our guest on the phone here. Uh, we're going to give them a little intro as well. But before that, let's. Um, I'm going to go over some of the things. Um, what have you been doing? Yeah, some of the things I've been doing. So uh, I... I Got that walk going yesterday. That was a that was a big thing. That was a, a nice journey. Um, the whole preparing, getting snacks, getting a chair, getting uh, my raincoat, getting all that stuff out, packing a bag, and hitting the sidewalk to get to the trail was um, just nice. It was just nice to have that block where all I had to do was go for a walk. Nothing else to do. Uh, what else did we do? After that conversation with Jeremy where we talked about knots and he referenced the monkey fist knot, that night actually we watched Inception, right, on Blu-ray. What a ride. Um, you know Inception? Have you heard of it? Yeah. You look like you don't remember what we're talking about. Yeah, I think so. Oh, yes, that's right. It was Inception. It's that yeah. time movie where they take dreams and they they go dreams and dreams and dreams. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, in that movie, the monkey fist knot that Jeremy Allen referenced is actually featured in the movie. Tom Hardy throws a monkey fist knot while he's skiing down a hill. It wraps around a tree, and it trips a bunch of ski ninjas. Um, So I did make an attempt at making the monkey fist knot. So I learned three other knots, um, and I tried to make the monkey fist knot and failed miserably. I think it needs something in the middle, a little kernel in the middle 
to uh, to secure the rope to. It's really hard with just rope. Um, so if anybody's listening to this and you want a little challenge for a day, for an afternoon, try and make a monkey fist knot. It's great for throwing, tying around trees, and tripping ski ninjas. Uh, it's also a bit of a challenge. I also read a book called uh, Thoughts in Solitude by a guy named Thomas Merton, who's a Catholic. Um, I think he's probably dead. I haven't really looked into who Thomas Merton is, but he's like a contemplative Catholic writer. Writes about being in solitude, writes a lot about silence and meditation within silence. Um, really challenging stuff. Very um, challenging because... Um, it's just, he almost opens up a new level of everything. Like, he's like, you think you know what prayer is until you pray like this. You think you know what silence is until you're silent like this. You think you know what meditation is until you meditate like this. And it's so much deeper. It feels like it's so much deeper than anything I'm used to. And I was really challenged by the book and actually really encouraged to use it in contemplative practices and meditation. Pardon me. Meditation and silence. Wow, that sounds really challenging. I'll have to check that book out sometime. Well, I think it's time to speak to our uh, guest today, uh, Kyle Sousa. Kyle Sousa! Is uh, somebody that we met through another friend, and he is from Leamington. He lives in our neighborhood. Yep. Um, and he made a comment in the newspaper, the South Point Sun, last week. He's mad. Uh, yeah. The uh, we, yeah, we just wanted to call and check in on him and uh, maybe get him to expand on his paragraph. So let's do that. Yes. Let's see if we can get him on the phone. It's ringing. It's ringing. Hello. Hey, Kyle. Hey, Kyle. How's it going? It's good, man. How's it going with you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Not really too much going on, but uh, I guess that's kind of the point. That's kind of the point of uh, of, uh, of COVID 2020. Well, not necessarily that. I mean, like the preventative measures and so on and so forth. Yeah. So um, you you know that we're we're doing a little podcast right now. Right, right. Okay. Um, and the reason we wanted to call you was because you have been quoted in the local newspaper, the South Point Sun. Right. Do you mind if I read your quote? No, absolutely. I don't have it ready in front of me, so that would be handy. Well, it came, it came out of your body, so I'm going to read it to you, and uh, I'm sure it'll feel just right. <laughs> All right. Kyle Sousa right here says, We are failing this test. The sheer amount of selfishness that I have witnessed during all of this is stunning. The hoarding, the price gouging, folks still gathering and becoming vectors for infection. People are not taking this seriously, and we as a society will pay for it, some of us with our lives. We are in this together, and by thinking of each other, we can make it through tough times like these. Um, Well, in my opinion, you started out, it was a pretty... uh, uh, I would I wouldn't say scathing, but you were pretty serious at the top of it, and then you came right. pretty optimistic at the end of it. So, uh, tell us the uh, the optimism was more just to try and keep it a bit light. Um, you know, there is hope through through all of this. There always will be, um, but I think a lot of it is going to need to come from people changing their perceptions and the way that they do things. Hmm. 
What kind of perceptions are you talking about? Primarily that in the Western world, we are very individualistic, right? Mm-hmm. The, the main factor in all of our lives is the individual above all else. So we see that in our economics. We see that in education. We see that through pretty much every facet of, of Western life. Mm. Um, for better or for worse, right? I, I'm not going to take this time to debate the merits of individualism over collectivism, but I will say that one of the big reasons why we're seeing so much pushback and things like price gouging and folks that are just, you know, they're still going outside even though they really shouldn't. Um, is because a lot of people are just focused on themselves. Mm. Whereas in more collectivist sort of societies, I would say even China, a good example would be uh, South Korea and Taiwan. You know, they, they understand that taking these precautions is going to be better, not just for themselves, but for society as a whole. But that's also how a lot of their economics can be, which to a greater or lesser degree, I know China is a very uh, particular case, but, um, but we do see that, you know, socially they're having a better time coping with that. Hmm. Whereas over here, we still got folks that are like running out to the grocery store and, you know, going to buy wine or, or whatever, what have you. Right. Right. Did you see, are you on uh, Facebook at all? A little bit. Uh, Somebody sent me a note to look at some of the comments on the scene in Leamington or spotted in Leamington page. And there's a pretty scathing post on there. From the, it says this is from the the employees of the Real Canadian Superstore. Yep, you've seen that. I've seen that. Ooh, she is mad. What does it say? It basically it's like it's it's a uh, very pointed thing saying the Superstore is not open for you to come and browse around. It's here because it's an it's a necessary service that we have to provide. But you don't see the coworkers in the back trying to keep it together. You don't see how many people are exhausted. You don't see mm-hmm. how hard we're working here. And for folks to come and kind of take advantage by just using it as a space to browse instead of coming in with a sense of purpose. Um, they're basically saying that's not what this is for right now. If you don't need to be here, then don't come out. This isn't just a thing you can come do. Yeah. And that's the kind of behavior that I'm talking about, mm. which is putting regular people at risk along with themselves too. You know, and I've seen a lot of the folks that are going out and doing this kind of stuff. Most of the time I find that they're older, which really baffles me because of how strong this disease or this virus is uh, on older populations. But I digress. Look, those workers there, especially, I'll, I'll especially go one one step further and say that those workers that people before all of this deemed as far from essential as uh, being utterly replaceable mm. um, and not being worth minimum wage you know, that now we're starting to see that, yeah, those people are pretty important. And when the chips are down, we're also seeing what 
is essential rather than what isn't. You know, yeah. should somebody be going to say Canadian Tire to go pick up some paint and redo their basement? Well, they got a lot of time on their hands, and you know what? Maybe if they're going about it in a smart way, then sure. But then, like, what are they doing browsing? You know, the home decor after get your stuff and leave. Yeah, 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 yeah. Call ahead, get your paint order ready, pick it up and yep. leave. Yeah. I get it. You, we need to have normalcy in life, but but man, folks are just not really getting it. Do you see you know? a um, do you see any kind of solution to that? I know you're talking about big, big, big ideas like individualism versus collectivism, but uh, you know, how do we begin to? Do we need to make that cultural shift, or do we just say that for a moment like this? Maybe we're disadvantaged, but in other times we we definitely have the advantage. And that that's a question that is one that we could probably have a full on podcast just about that particular question. Um, well, we can't do that. As, we have more questions for you, Kyle. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but to put this plainly i suppose is that we're really going to have to rethink how we do a lot of things right the current economic model of the world and interdependence has shown us that there are drawbacks to outsourcing manufacturing um Mm -hmm. and we've seen that now with supply lines and things like that maybe the effect of that is in the case of north america um more of those jobs going to mexico say rather than china Um, not to say that that's going to be like this is going to be a huge paradigm shift because it can't there's too much invested in it but i know that these are things that are going through employers minds if they haven't already been uh before all this But I do think that the way, if you look at America right now and how they're having the discussion of healthcare, well, this is it's pretty pertinent right now. Um, and I would like to think uh, that this is sort of showing a lot of the weaknesses in a uh, in a healthcare system like America. It's it's a lot of those sorts of things that we're going to have to go forward with with uh, you know uh, maybe a new lens of looking at it yeah i think we're all learning like the preparedness level of most most countries and most jurisdictions was just not where it needed to be for this and uh yeah i mean we could get into this whole aspect of the conversation for hours but um we, we also really want to just check in on, on you and on everybody else. So um, how are you? I think Tina's got the next yeah. chunk here. Um, how are you coping at home and at work? Well, I was pretty fortunate. I'm very fortunate. Um, where I work, uh, basically the owner is a, an incredible guy. Um, and realized that this posed a risk to a lot of people. Um, 
And you know what? It, it was better to send some of his staff home and pretty much relegate it mostly to uh, doing service calls and, you know, phone orders and things like that. Um, not everybody's so lucky. Yeah. Uh, I know someone who works over at a uh, shop that sells wine and they have been open. I know a lot of people have said that, you know, alcohol is a essential service. I don't necessarily, I can, I can understand um, the idea of you don't want another public health crisis because, you know, people are going to go into withdrawals and things like that. Um, but at the same time, I don't really see how, you know, going out to, to buy bottles of wine is essential to really anything. Right. Case in point, um, I'm a huge gamer. I love video games and mm -hmm. Doom Eternal came out. Yeah. Now, I would have loved to have gone out and got myself a physical hard copy of Doom Eternal. Yeah. Um, but you know what? That was March 18th that it came out. Sorry. I'm not, I'm not going to Walmart for that. Hmm. Especially because I could just get it online too, which is different from a lot of other products. But the point being is that, you know, there are wants and needs. So um, have you got Doom Eternal? Did I? Did yeah, you? I eventually caved and bought it online. You got it? <laughs> I did. Is it awesome? Uh, it's fantastic. Tell us about it. We don't know anything about it. You don't know anything about Doom? No. Well, okay, here's what I know. I know I know nothing, so <laughs> I think it's like a three D shooter where uh, it is uh, a first person and right. the premise is hell is coming to earth and you have to fight the demons and their spawn. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. That's, wow. that's basically the game where you're just this great big badass. And uh, and they have a bit more of the story to it, which is kind of odd for a Doom game. But There's angels in this one. Hmm? There's angels in this one. Yeah, not really, which is where the whole – because generally, like, Doom, when it first came out, was just a very – simple shooter because video games in life were simple at that time and the little bit of story that you got was from the instruction manual but now that video games have sort of progressed um, as the developers went and put a lot of extra time into coming up with a, a, a somewhat compelling story I don't know, it was pretty neat but uh, most of the gameplay, it's great. It's just just run around and shoot things. Yeah, that sounds that sounds cathartic. It can be. Um, <laughs> I mean, as I guess uh, as a, a a gamer for how I don't know how many years now, I just like to try all the new ones that come along. What about you guys? Well, we've um, we've been doing a lot of reading and walking and uh, cooking, cleaning. Did some yoga this morning. Mm -hmm. Yoga. Did some huh. yoga. Yep. Uh, grabbed a few poses from the internet and then just did it in the living room. 
So, hey, uh, one thing that we're kind of coming to realize live and in person is that um, I don't think it's a stretch to say you might be the most knowledgeable expert on video games that we personally know. Uh, I mean, I don't know the people you personally believe, yeah, personally know, but yeah, I'll go with that. Okay. <laughs> well, being knowledgeable that, about that stuff. Being that you're a resident video game expert, um, okay, so I know a lot of people are going to be trapped in their house these days. Not literally trapped, but they feel trapped. We know that. Um, right. So let's say, let's say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw some, I'm gonna throw some curveballs at you. Tina's gonna throw some as well, and then you have to recommend a game that you think will be. Uh, like, let's say people are at the end of their rope and they say, "I have nothing else. I need to play video games." Games. 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 Here you go. You got uh, a Typically, she's a stay-at-home mom. Now she has three kids under grade 10 in the house. Uh, it's not very quiet. It's hard to focus on the books she likes to read, and she can't drink wine during the day anymore. So what – and she's a novice gamer. What game do you recommend for stay-at-home mom? For just her? Well, hey, maybe she can play with her kids. Maybe she can play online with some other stay-at-home moms. Uh, what do you What do you think? What do you got for us? Um. Well, she's looking to just like straight up kill some time. Uh, you really can't go wrong with Skyrim. Ooh. Okay. Cool. Cool. Skyrim. Yeah, so that's that's something that will be, I think, pretty accessible. For the most part, um, you know, it's it's not like that game throws you a lot of curveballs or anything. Okay. But uh, what class of fighter would a, what class uh, of fighter would a stay at home mom be in Skyrim? Oh, jeez, I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> I think that would have to come down to their personal temperament. Okay. <laughs> okay. What about somebody who uh, is a thirty-something who used to be a gamer in their in their youth? Uh, grew up on like PlayStation One, GameCube. Enjoys Tetris, but would like to try another video game. Like they enjoy the more Tetris style of game. Well, talking puzzles. They like yeah, like they, they trap themselves in the corner playing Call of Duty because there are too many motions and. Like, you got to move right. forward and move your head, and it's just, it's complicated all of a sudden. Yeah, that can be, that can be tough. We're talking about a noob, Kyle. We're talking about what you call noobs. Yeah, to like the new, <laughs> to the new style of game that's out. Like, what's a good intro, like, first-person shooter or, a, like, so adventure game? Be, that would probably have to be Halo. Um, Halo was is very accessible. Again, nothing particularly crazy going on in that one, um, but it's also got a really great storyline to it. And it was pretty much like one of the big blockbusters of the decade hmm. when it came out. So cool. Okay, let's yeah. say let's say we're talking about a uh, a high school student who has played all of the big name games that have come out um, and for some reason frowns upon many of them. What's a game 
that high school student, we're going to say he's a 17-year-old guy who in his okay. spare time rides a Razor scooter um, <laughs> and always talks about how he hates Windsor. <laughs> now, what video game would you recommend for this guy? Do I know this guy? I don't know. Um. Maybe. He exists, I'm sure. Uh, it's got to be sort of an indie game. It's kind of got to be off the mainstream. Maybe it's like got some interesting music or something. I mean, coming off the top of my head, I guess there's. Uh, huh. Yeah, no, I got really nothing on something uh, like that. I mean, I don't really play too many of the indie games. I will say that if you want a good all arounder, try um, Rare Replay. That's like the best 30 bucks that you can get. What's that about? Uh, Rare Replay is, uh, so Rare is a developer uh, or was a big developer in uh, video games. And what it is, is it's a collection of like, I think 30 of their games or something. And they're all really good. Like Perfect Dark is on there, yeah. uh, Banjo Kazooie. I remember Perfect Dark. Oh, Banjo This is N sixty four days. Yeah, like it has. It even has Jet Force Gemini. Like that. That hit me right where I live. I love Jet Force Gemini. Wow. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of good things there. If he wants to challenge himself and maybe go to something that is very recognizable, but he maybe didn't get to because this is an older game, but I'd say Morrowind. Morrowind is a fantastic Ooh, game. That's another Skyrim prequel. Yeah, so that one was so Skyrim is like Elder Scrolls Five or something, I think. Then Morrowind was number three, and that came out in like two thousand and one. Yeah, what was after Morrowind? That was Oblivion. Oblivion, yes. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which like they're and those are all great. Like Morrowind is just better. Um, <laughs> there's certain things about it that are that are just a more uh, of an old school kind of feel to it. Okay. Like you don't have a compass that tells you where to go. You get a book, and the book is like this guy says that you need to take this road until you see the big rock, and then hang a left until you get to this town and talk to this guy and then go here. Just that sounds a lot more challenging. It is. And that sounds like it wouldn't be the most fun, but you just get sucked right into it. Yeah. I've burned a lot of hours in, in that universe. So, yeah, I think there's always good puzzle games and stuff. RTS games are great. What's RTS? So that's like command and conquer. Oh, okay. Um, Starcraft, Dawn of War. Those are you build a base and then you build an army and you go destroy the other guy's base. Okay. So there's options yeah. for people is what you're saying. There are There's games for everybody. Like there's a lot of telltale games where you don't even really do much playing. You're more just playing through a story. Right. So it's not like you're controlling a, a character or something. Um, definitely a lot of puzzle games, things like that. So, hmm. yeah, stuff out there for everybody. Cool, cool, man. Are you following the COVID stuff in the news, or are you just kind of staying oh, inside? Yeah. Um, 
I've been following it for a while. Uh, and I mean, at first, and I'll be completely honest, at first I thought, like, yeah, this is probably just going to be contained to, like, Asia. We'll be all right. Um, and then I started thinking, as I saw how many factories were, like, being shut down and how the quarantine was going and seeing the effect that that had on shipping of goods and parts and things like that from China, that, that probably started to be the point where I was like, all right, I need to start paying attention to what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Where do you get that information from? Like what kind of news platforms are you looking at? Or uh, I use a whole variety. Reuters is really great. Um, BBC, BBC is pretty awesome. You can actually find here and there some good stuff on uh, Al Jazeera. Um, and then, of course, your regular run-of-the-mill that you get from from around here, CBC and Globe and Mail, so on and so right. forth. But, uh, yeah, we started, we started seeing it where uh, it would be a question of whether we could even get certain products yeah where i work right mm. and do you want to shout out where you work do you want to give it a shout out uh, yeah i work at uh, resupplance okay so it's, you guys do ovens and fridges and freezers and things we do all of it we uh we pretty much sell but the best thing that we do is we also service too awesome um and it's it's a great family that owns it. Um, they're fantastic people. Uh, they're very honest about what they do, which is really nice. Um, but yeah, I, I can't really, <laughs> I, I enjoy what I do. Cool, uh, man. Kind of sucks. Cause you know, I don't know when I'm going to be going back and neither do most people. Yeah. Wow. Did you hear anything about, so you mentioned like factories and stuff. I'm always curious about, um, like what's happening on the back end of your business during this whole thing. So have they, like you buy things from like Maytag and Kenmore and Whirlpool. So do they, they're obviously their manufacturing has been shut down or is it still going? No, uh, that's all still been going. Um, and I don't want to speak too much to, you know, that sort of aspects uh, of things is that's not exactly my place. Yeah. Um, but it was mostly actually hearing um, through sort of regional reps and people like that of how things have been affecting uh, everything. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, like uh, it was my own interest to sort of do a bit of digging and you know, when you start seeing that, like, Foxconn is closed, like, that's that's pretty big. What's that place? Um, Foxconn is a gigantic manufacturing uh, hub, which pretty much is, like, one just huge warehouse where they manufacture um, a lot of Apple Apple and I believe Microsoft, a lot of just like um, chips for electronics and things like that. Right. Um, huh. And they're pretty, they're going 
you know, 365 days a year, eight days a week. Right. So for them to shut down, that's, that's a pretty big, um, implication that, you know, something is really wrong here. Wow. Hmm. So, yeah, as far as why people went and hoarded things like toilet paper, I don't know. I think that's, I think that's kind of ridiculous. What did you, um, did you guys um, get to the grocery store early and get anything specific that you guys want? No, we had pretty much everything. Like, this is this is a issue for people who haven't thought ahead. Huh. Um, and you know that's that's not an indictment on anybody. It's just that you know we regularly do groceries and we've stocked up on pretty much everything that we would need yeah. for probably a good month or two. You know, like that's like a human being does not need, for example, that much toilet paper. No, nope. really don't. It's true. <laughs> like you don't go through that much of it, you know. <laughs> um, and even a lot of the foods that we have, well, you, you keep canned goods and preserved items and whatever else, and, and you make do instead of going out. I think people just panicked, though. Like it was. Yeah. Know, like we might I not be able to did. get any toilet paper anywhere. Blah. I don't know. Like they just. Freaked out. Yeah, actually, um, and it's weird because that sort of that sort of panic buying makes it hard for you know your regular people. Like my mother is a PSW, um, and a lot of her clients haven't been able to get toilet paper. Whoa! So because yeah, because people just went nuts and bought so much of it. Yeah. Uh, so now my mom's actually got like you know some that she brings, and she asked her client like you know are you guys good on toilet paper? I'll bring you some from home. Hmm. So wow. it's That's really nice of her. Well, we look at things differently, I guess. Um, you know, I, I am definitely, absolutely concerned about the well-being of my family and the well-being of my friends. For sure. Um, but we're also pretty aware that, you know, we're kind of all in this together. Yeah. And, you know, we're not going to spite somebody because they didn't get to go and stock up on toilet paper. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> if somebody needs something, then you know, we'll try and provide that. And that's a very small thing compared to a lot of the sacrifices that are being made um, for people in the healthcare industry for one yeah um and a lot of other businesses uh and regular people have stepped up to the plate to help and make things better in their community i suppose that's where i wanted to sort of bring that that message of hope at the end of what i did say in the paper there um just mainly because there are people that are, while I have seen a lot of ridiculous stuff, I have also seen a lot of great people, you know, rise to the top and, and help for their community, Yeah, which, which is great to see. It is. Um, 
hey, we're hitting like a 40-minute mark here. So uh, in kind of in wrapping up, do you want to tell us for you yourself, like, and even in your household and your family, how are you guys just like staying hopeful in all this? What do you What do you think about? Um. Well, I mean, we've got each other, mm-hmm. and we also, you know, are not the type that would go out, you know, Sunday browsing at a at a store or something like that especially not in times like these uh we're being smart about it um yeah we're, we're really trying to just keep positive uh, this isn't the end of the world by any means um it's a difficult trying time yeah um and many people are really adversely affected and I do believe things will probably get worse around here. Um, but we'll be smart. Uh, we'll stay informed. And we'll keep watch of each other. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, and, you know, I'd, I'd like to think that, you know, God is there. Um and uh, maybe he is keeping an eye out for us. I don't know. Yeah. I did once hear something that I thought was kind of profound is that uh, uh, a teacher is always silent during a test. Ooh. Yeah. And I thought that was, that was actually, that's, could just be where we're at. It's pretty heavy. It is. Well, um, we're going to leave you with that, man. Thank you for, for that end piece and uh, for the hot video game recommendations. <laughs> yeah, I don't so, know. Like, you guys kind of put me on the spot there with some of those. Yeah, this week I'm going to um, I'm gonna try and play some video games and take take some time, take some of the time out of here. Let's do it. Okay, man. I'm going to learn to be better at video games. <laughs> Peace out, Kyle Sousa. All right. Stay strong, buddy. Tina, Zach, you guys have a good one. You too. You too. Later, Thanks, man. Kyle. All right. We are, that was Kyle Sousa, everybody. We're getting a warning on our computer that the startup disk is almost full. I think that means we're about to kill the laptop unless we get some files off of here. Woo. All yep. right. Yep. Woof, indeed. Well, it's, uh, it's about time for us to go then. Yeah. We don't have any memory left. Um... That's it. That's the truth. The warning went away. I don't know what that means. Oh, gosh. We're screwed. We better get off of here. Say something quick. Okay. Well, until next time, hope you're doing well. Play those video games. Thumbs up.